what would you tell someone who's listening who, you know, I ask this question a lot. It, if they've just gotten a diagnosis and they're scared, you know, you remember that feeling when you first got diagnosed, it's just takes your breath away. But what would you tell them to encourage them at this, at this point? Well, I think the thing that kept coming back to me, and again, it was from a song that I had written probably three years prior uh, called Before, mm-hmm. and that God knew before. He knew before the foundation of the world that you were going to be here in this moment. And this is not a surprise to him. It's a surprise to us. It's not a surprise to him that you have community around you. If you don't feel like you have supportive community in person, you certainly have it through Healing Strong. Um, If you can get connected with a group, even if it's online, I think you will feel that, uh, that support and that love and that understanding and it's okay to to be frustrated and to be mad about it you say okay we're going to do this and you just you buckle up and get going you're listening to the i am healing strong podcast a part of the healing strong organization the number one network of holistic cancer support groups in the world each week we bring you stories of hope real stories that will encourage you as you navigate your way on your own journey to health. Now, here's your host, stage four cancer thriver, Jim Mann. Well, I didn't get the chance to meet this young lady while in Houston, but I did see her and heard her sing the song that she wrote about uh, the conventions, Houston. Lisa, it's so good to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Good to meet you. All the way over there and uh, outside of Dallas, Texas, uh, Plano, right. Texas, right? Yep, somewhere around there, yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big area. It's a, a big of, area. <laughs> yeah, I've heard Texas big. I remember one time driving from coast to coast and and half of that was Texas. Exactly, yes. It took, <laughs> us, it took us 12 hours to go from Dallas. We were driving to San Diego. It took less time to go from El Paso to San Diego, then from Dallas to El Paso. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, San Diego, I was coming out of. So yeah, yeah, all the way to Florida. Oh, wow. That was a fun trip. Come to it. But anyway, that's not what this is about. So Lisa Simmons, uh, I know some Simmons down in Florida. You're not related to them, I take it. I don't know. If, I don't think so. Well, we'll let that slide because they're, they're good people. So you're probably related. Probably. But you are a co-leader in uh, one of the groups there in Plano? Yes, yes, with uh, Denise, and we decided we can't pronounce her last name, so forgive us, Denise, (laughs) but um, she's very popular. Everybody knows Denise in Houston. She was a busy girl, just saying hi to everybody. She's, uh, She's a great, great leader, and I'm so blessed to be able to just tag along beside her and um you know she gives me the title of co-leader but really it should be tag leader (laughs) (laughs) yeah what got you involved with that in uh the spring of 22 i was diagnosed with breast cancer um and did not know really anything about that i'd had a cup my aunt my great-grandmother had had breast cancer but Um, they were also heavy smokers and, you know, that kind of thing. So I just never thought about it. I didn't think I was at risk at all. 
And um, so when they told me that it was, you know, confirmed uh, and it was in the early stages and all that, uh, I, I just kind of started going through the motions of what they told me to do. And of course, they gave me the option, um, even though it was stage one, of a mastectomy or a lumpectomy. And at first, I think I'm, I was like everybody, uh, get it out. Just get it out. What, right. Whatever you have to do, cut off, do it. And, um, you know, God just prepared. <laughs> he knew long before, obviously, that this is going to happen. But in my uh, timeline, two years prior to this, I had reconnected with a friend who I hadn't seen in 20 years. Hmm. And we reconnected on Facebook, but, you know, still didn't see each other in person. Her husband used to work with my husband and he left that um, position. And so uh, we just hadn't seen them. And um, I reconnected with her and um, found out that she had been a oncology navigator, specifically wow. for breast cancer. And what that meant was she would take people who had been diagnosed and navigate, help them navigate through all of the language and the you know, all the things the doctors were telling them and what's scary, what do you need to worry about? What do you not need to worry about? What, you know, and so it was just God putting her back in my life in a tiny little way on Facebook and then bringing her into my life as my navigator through uh, this whole process. And she's the one who, um, it really talked me off the wall a little bit. Rather, when I told her, I said, okay, I'm just going to do the double mastectomy. I'm just going to get it all off. And she said, slow your roll. <laughs> that might be the best thing to do, but it may not be. You don't have to decide that right now. She was the first person to tell me I didn't have to make that decision right that minute. Mm. And so she gave me some more things to look at. Now she was, she was all for traditional medicine. She was not telling me about natural anything, but she was the one who's just told me to slow down. I don't have to make a drastic decision that might be the right decision, but it may not be. And she said, in most cases, it's not, you don't have to go that drastic. So, um, I did. I calmed down and I prayed about it um, a little while longer and decided to go with the lumpectomy in uh, May. And the end of May, uh, been a couple of weeks since the lump lumpectomy, still I had no knowledge. I'd never even heard of anybody healing naturally from cancer. Mm -hmm. Never had entered my mind. And a girl at in my Sunday school class who I didn't know, but People had been praying for me and all that at church. So she walked up to me and just sort of whispered. She said, you know, this is none of my business. And if you don't want to do this, it's totally fine. But you might want to look at this website called crispycancer.com. <laughs> yeah. 
And I said, what, what is it? She says, well, he just talks about sort of natural healing for cancer. And she didn't tell me a whole lot about it. It was like, she just whispered and went away. And so I immediately went home and got on the website, um, you know, signed up for the square one program and looked at it, got his book. I mean, I just, in, in one week, I just digested every bit of material that I could. And I knew that I was going to do that. And I told my husband, I said, I, I'm going to do this. And I just told him a little bit about it. And he was like, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. You know, this, that's pretty risky. And you don't, he knew nothing and I knew nothing, but I said, I'm not saying I'm not going to do any other treatment, but I'm going to do this too. Right. And so I started eating, you know, all the food and uh, the salads and all that juicing. And um, then went ahead and did uh, radiation. I had 20 rounds of radiation in July and, uh, but continued to eat and, you know, do all the square one things. I did not require chemo, which I was very thankful for. Mm -hmm. And, um, but while I was doing my radiation, the doctor, before I started, the doctor said, okay, now you're probably, not probably, you are going to get like a terrible sunburn and you just might as well go ahead and get some good aloe and, you know, really uh, take care of your skin. And, um, but it's, it's going to burn. It's going to, it's, you're just going to burn. And, um, I said, okay, so I got the aloe and after the first week he checked me and he was like, well, sometimes it takes a couple of weeks before the burning really starts. I said, okay, so come back the second week. Well, um, you know, I promise you by the third week, you're going to, you're going to start feeling it and you're going to be really tired and, you know, you're, you're just going to have to rest a lot. And that's what, so the third week I came back, huh? <laughs> okay. Um, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm walking two or three miles a day and I, I haven't felt tired at all and I don't have any sunburn. So he, I said, is your machine working? <laughs> he said, well, I hope so. So by the fourth week, I still had no I mean, maybe a slight tinge of pink, but I've definitely had worse sunburns than mm. that. And I attribute it to the square one program. You know, right. I don't know that that's the only thing that I could tell. And I told him what I was doing and he was like, well, keep doing it. You know, um, anyway, that's, that was kind of the, the end of it. I did four weeks and then that was it. And I just, you know, continued to eat healthy and keep going so did he declare you cancer free or well i guess they yes but yeah. not like really i mean there wasn't yeah. like this big announcement that oh you're cancer free but they they say well you've done all your treatments and we don't see anything there you know you do the blood work and uh went back for a sonogram to check it after a few months and they didn't see anything. So 
I'm mm. going with yes, cancer free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's because I mean their experience. This is my opinion anyway. Their experience is that it it comes back. Yeah, uh, and they're not used to people. Uh, boosting up their own immune system and getting healthy so that won't happen. Right. Um, yeah, of course, that's not guaranteed, but I mean, that's that definitely is in your favor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you, yeah. You know, why not use God, God's way of uh, your immune system that he created right. uh, over top of medicine? But, you know. And, and even if it, I was, my thought is, even if it does come back, mm-hmm. I want to feel as healthy as possible. Until right. that happens, you know, if it does come back, well, you know, okay, then God has another plan there. But I've, I've never felt more healthy than I do now. My sister and her husband started uh, doing the, not exactly square one, but a modified square one. And they had no cancer. Um, mm. And um, they have felt so much better. My dad, um, who recently passed away but uh, before he passed away he started juicing and when he found out he had lung cancer back in the spring but he was diabetic he was type 2 diabetic and had COPD and I said okay daddy now it's time we've got to we've got to do this and so he started juicing and started eating better not totally square one but better and he got completely off of his um, insulin in Man. just a couple of months, you know. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, doctors don't have, I don't think, the right training in telling older people, he was 85, mm. that um, even though he was doing so much better all, all around in his health, um, even breathing better, even though they said he had lung cancer and on top of COPD, the doctor told them, there's nothing we can do. We need to call hospice. And when they did that, he just shut down. Right. And, and even though he had, he felt better than he had in years. So. Hmm. Yes. Something about that mentally, once they tell you that. Yeah. That's pretty much, I think with my father, even though he was 96 Mm. and he was extremely healthy, but they separated him from my mother for the Mm. first time, you know, in forever. Yeah. And of course, he just worried about her because my mom had dementia. Mm. But they had him doing rehab because he fell like, I think if he fall three times, you know, they have to put you in rehabs, which mm. was like a mile down the road. Mm. And of course, he's a World War II vet. So they're pretty stubborn. They don't yeah. they don't need any help. That's why he fell right. a couple times. Yeah. But once he was there, he just kind of started shutting down because he couldn't check on her. He kept asking me about her. I said, well, yeah. she didn't even know you're there, Dad. No. <laughs> she, she kept thinking, well, he's around here somewhere. Yeah. But, oh. but yeah, it's it's sad. But hey, he's in a better place now. And yes. he did live 96 years. So, I mean, he was he was definitely ready. Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, That's my true. mom passed away two years ago. So they... They've probably run across each other by now. So. I bet they are. I bet they are. <laughs> well, that's yeah. exciting. Well, while we're in Houston celebrating the 10-year anniversary, um, you had a song that you wrote called, what's it called? Houston, We Have a Solution? Yeah. Kind of yeah, a Yeah, I just kind of took the, the title of the the theme for the conference and wrote a little song for for that. Yeah. Yeah, and you we were talking earlier about this, but how did, how did you get into songwriting? Is it something that you were always interested in or you just got yeah. something in you you had to get out? 
Uh, I kind of grew up, my mom and her brothers and sisters were very musical. So our entertainment was them playing the piano and guitar and singing hymns and, you know, gospel songs. And um, so I grew up with that. And uh, so I always loved music and uh, would just write little songs, you know, that made no sense, but to a six-year-old that I guess they did. Um, and uh, just continued to do that, writing poetry and things like that. And and then um, started writing parodies uh, when my daughter was in high school and uh, for moms, so kind of mom songs. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And then my oldest son said one day, mom, I think you could actually write a song. <laughs> I thought, wow, okay. So I did. Um, I wrote a song about my daughter's first homecoming dance called The Homecoming Dance. And it's still my husband's favorite song that I've ever written. So um, anyway, that was that was fun. And I just love doing it. I, I, can't, I can't not do it. It's kind of just in me. So. Yeah. Sounds like we grew up the same way because you know my family's all musical and there was guitars and banjos and mandolins everywhere. Yeah, oh. They threw the bass on my lap when I was a little kid, so I've been a bass player ever since. Wow. And of course, my my mother and her three sisters and two brothers, they all that family harmony. Yeah. Musical families. So Yeah. Yeah, you know, you grow up, you're thinking all families are like that, and you find out, no, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. I know. I had an uncle that um was he was my great uncle and he was in a, a gospel quartet I can't, I don't remember the name of the quartet but they called him Sister Tullus hmm. his last name was Tullus and he sang so high tenor that they called him Sister Tullus so yeah <laughs> hope he didn't mind I don't think he did I don't okay. think he did <laughs> yeah I never I never had the uh the high voice I was always a little guy with a low voice it's yeah. kind of weird I was used to the smallest Good radio person. voice, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then I was spoiled because like my sister played piano and she sight read like crazy, and I yeah. again I thought that was normal. I remember one time I had to sing a song in church, and I realized I was gonna play guitar with it, acoustic guitar, and I thought I don't really know this well enough. So on the way up, I threw the music to my sister who was sitting at the piano. I said, "Can you play this? Because I don't think I'm ready on the guitar." She gave me a dirty look, but she played it like she had always wow. known it. And she didn't even know the song. Yeah. I just, you know, wow. I gave her the beat and that was it. And so when I went to college for music, I just thought that was what musicians did. And then I, I said, Hey, to the piano player, can you learn this? Can yeah. you play this song? She goes, Yeah, give me a week. I went, yeah. What? A yeah. Week. Week. I'm talking about right now. <laughs> yeah. And then it, that was that was a a rude awakening for me. Yeah. Wow, I thought, man, maybe my sister's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> So now I got to call her and apologize. I hope you told her that. Yes, yes. Oh, and, and another thing, that's where I was actually going. I interrupt, I interrupt myself all the time. It's really sad. And I was telling you, uh, the guy, I wish I could remember his name. Uh, but the guy who wrote the song, Good, Good Father, mm. uh, the court, the uh, worship song, he, was, he wasn't like a well-known songwriter at the time. He just wrote songs every once in a while. And then he wrote this song for his kids, you know, cause mm. it's a pretty simple song if, yeah. you, if you know it. And, uh, and then of course it took off as soon as Chris Tomlin got a hold of it, it became, yeah. you know, global, but he said, man, we all have songs inside of us. And of course, if you're, if you're not musical, you know, 
and then you write poetry, which is, you know, a song without music. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. But uh, that kind of stuck with me. I thought, man, maybe maybe I should have been writing songs all along because I've written some songs. I did this thing where like I would need to breathe that we played on the radio. They had a song. Their first song was uh, Washed by the Water. And, you know, it just took off and it starts off with Daddy was a preacher. Mm. And of course, my dad was a plumber. So I rewrote the song. Daddy <laughs> was a plumber. And and it just and it kind of came out. So I just I sang that on the, once I told him about that. I sang it on the air, which is kind of embarrassing. But then they had this whole segment. If Jim wrote the song. So I would just take songs and rewrite them to be yep. parodies. Yeah. And, uh, and then one time it was, I did uh, Danny Gokey's song and he happened to come that morning. Oh, I thought, oh he sings so high. Yeah. Uh, he should be sister Gokey. <laughs> um, I said, Hey, can you back me up on this song? <laughs> I said, it's, since I can't hit the notes that you do. So I, I rewrote a song of Danny's and he was my backup singer. <laughs> oh, that's radio. hilarious. Yeah. That thought, would be yeah. great. That was fun. Of course, those yeah. aren't songs that are going to be published. There's the right. songs that we had fun. Well, but. that's, I wrote a song for my dad. My dad loved to barbecue mm. ribs and, you know, all of that. So, uh, you know, the old Holly Dunn song, Daddy's Hands. Right. Mm. I changed it to Daddy's Hams <laughs> and, <laughs> and talked about, you know, his barbecue and that kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I would like to encourage everyone listening, even if you're not musical, I mean, you can write poetry, and poetry doesn't have to rhyme necessarily. Right. I'm not, I'm not good with poetry, um, but I'm more on the music end of things. But actually, I'm encouraging myself. I need to start to start writing things down. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't mean it's going to be uh, known. Where it's not going to be a new. Uh, Sweet Home Alabama or anything like that, that everybody knows. <laughs> it may be just for your kids or your grandkids. Sometimes yeah. it just feels good to sing it. Like I do a lot of, it's called psalming. And mm -hmm. you just look at a psalm and you just start singing it. You just, right. you can use a melody that you already know, or sometimes the melody will just kind of come to you as you're reading it. And um, that's, that's some of my favorite times with the Lord is just singing back to him, his own words, uh, maybe that right. David wrote or someone else wrote, you know, and um, that's, that's really special or, and you can do that with any verse. I did that with um, Romans 15, 13, and uh, that was, you know, just a, right. a good way to, pray and to praise the Lord, you know, in your own time, you don't have, nobody ever will hear those. <laughs> Just right. Me. Right. And singing is very healing. It's it is. Uh, something. And I if you don't so. sing well, it's healing for yourself. So <laughs> yeah. seeing where people aren't listening, it might not be too healing for them if yeah. you're not a good singer, but, but yeah, it's, it's a very, you know, and I never think about these things before, uh, before I had cancer. And then I heard all these things. Um, like when I first heard of Chris Wark, which most people seem to hear Chris Wark and then hear about Healing Strong. But right. And then before you read his book, or let me ask you, before you read his book, were you thinking, oh, this is one of those wackos uh, of natural healing? Or or did you just, were just desperate to find? Uh, well, I had had a little bit of introduction into wackos <laughs> <laughs> um, several years before. Again, this is just, I think God's way of, of preparing, 
uh, um, someone had introduced me to a woman who used um, essential oils and supplements and things like that to heal a variety of things. Mm -hmm. And um, my son, Daniel, has autism and he also has epilepsy. Mm. And so uh, we went to Danette to see if she could help him with any of those things. It it didn't, I can't say it, it, it certainly didn't hurt him, but it didn't like cure his epilepsy or anything like that. But I got so interested in it that I started going to see her for myself and then my daughter and my daughter-in-law and my grandson, you know, so we just became um, really interested in how does our body heal naturally? Um, okay. Now I wasn't into, I wasn't thinking food at the right. time. I was, I was, I was just thinking, let me take these supplements to overcome all the bad stuff I'm probably eating. Um, and so I had a little bit of that in my background. So it mm. wasn't too wacko. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I know friends, I hear this story a lot. And, and of course, I got it myself. But friends start warning you yes. about these uh, non-mainstream kind of thing. Until you actually read it and they get, wait a minute. This kind of makes sense. I mean, yeah, you know, it's not telling you to turn three times to the left and, and hop on one foot. Yeah, I mean, it's it's actual God-given nutrition from things that He has created and we've kind of destroyed yeah. or altered. So you know, altered, the nutrition yeah. is not there. Yeah, but like, well, okay, this is how it's been all along until pharmaceuticals came along. Mm -hmm. And again, not bashing uh, the community, the uh, medical community, but I mean, there's some common sense that once you get into it, you realize, okay, maybe they're not so wacky. Of course, there yeah. are wacky things there, like there are everywhere. But yeah, uh, well, I'm very grateful for doctors who right. who want to heal. They want to do the right thing. I most appreciate doctors who want to use medical, all their medical training, but they're also open to let's try whatever natural means we can at first or with what we're going to do and that just makes sense i don't know why any doctor would be against that or threatened by that or whatever it is um i i just think that makes them a better doctor right right well i'm sorry you never got the sunburn uh yeah <laughs> i am not sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's kind of scary to think about it like oh you're gonna start burning yeah but yeah, yeah what can I say? But where do you see this going? You just gonna just keep writing music and just uh, and bless your family and other people at church. Well, I yes, I've been blessed to find a community of uh, Christian songwriters uh -huh. that um, is led by Chrissy Nordoff. Uh, she's a, a worship leader, worship songwriter. Um, she and her husband Eric um, have a group a community called writing worship and okay. um, they just are amazing people. And they just have brought together people who want to learn how to write worship songs and um, CCM, all of that. I've, I've been blessed to write with some really good writers and I have gotten some songs on, um, you know, some streaming services like uh, Spotify and, in that so it's been fun it's been you know it's always 
I love to write. I would write no matter what. But right. when you see somebody else singing your song and and you know that possibly hundreds or maybe even thousands of people get to hear what was in your heart at one time and now it's out there, that that is just wow. I, mm -hmm. I it's just amazing. Yeah, it is incredible. Like uh, I remember growing up in church, my the choir would sing the song that I really like called "He's Ever Interceding," hmm. and yes, yeah, back in the seventies, I think it was. And then when I moved to Florida to go to college, uh, I was playing bass with who is now my best friend. He's a lead guitarist, and he's just phenomenal. And I don't know how it came up, but uh, that song came up somehow. And he goes, "Yeah, my mom wrote that song." Like, what? Oh no. She what? Jeez, yeah. She's, wow. This is like in, in the nineties uh, by the time he told me that. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, we were singing that when I was a kid and your mom's and she goes, Yeah, she's still getting royalty checks for that. It's because <laughs> like every choir in the country yeah. was singing that song. Wow. I'm like, that's... wow. So it's unbelievable. And I never really thought about songwriting. It's just for people in Nashville or something, but that's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought until my son, you know, said, I think you could write a song. And I just, and I didn't know what co I never heard of co-writing. I thought everybody just wrote their own song Yeah. and then sang it. But, um, I learned that George Strait, who's had, you know, countless <laughs> number one hits has never written a song. He didn't wow. write any of those songs. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. So, um, it, it's, it's been fun, a huge learning curve for me and, you know, but it, it's been really fun and God has just brought so many incredibly talented people that you will probably, well, I hope you'll hear of them at, at some <laughs> point, but many of them will never be, you know, famous, Right. Man, they there's not a hair's difference between, you know, Karina Jennings and uh, I don't know Amy Grant to me. You know, they yeah. they she's just as talented. Um, just maybe didn't have the same opportunity. Right. So. Oh yeah. Well, Elisa, I'm, I'm thankful that you took the time out for this, and yeah. it was good to meet you kind of in person. I mean, on yeah. my computer. Yeah, and I'm glad, and I believe you are finished with that cancer. So I'll I, take that belief. I'll declare you cancer free. There you Thank go. Thank you. Thank you. I'll I write you a note it. if you need it. I will take that. <laughs> All right. What would you What would you tell someone who's listening? Who, you know, I ask this question a lot. If, if they've just gotten a diagnosis and they're scared, you know, you remember that feeling when you first got diagnosed. It just takes your breath away. But what would you tell them uh, to encourage them at this? at this point? Well, I think the thing that kept coming back to me, and again, it was from a song that I had written probably three years prior uh, called Before, mm -hmm. and that God knew before. He knew before the foundation of the world that you were going to be here in this moment. And this is not a surprise to him. It's a surprise to us, not a surprise to him. And uh, that you have community around you. If you don't feel like you have supportive community in person, you certainly have it through Healing Strong. And um, if you can get connected with a group, even if it's online, I think you will feel that uh, that support and that love and that understanding. And it's okay to 
to be frustrated and to be mad about it, but then you you say, okay, but we're going to do this, and you just um, you buckle up and get going. So mm-hmm. that would be my advice. Very well said. How can uh, people get a hold of you? Um, well, I'm on Facebook, and uh, Lisa, it's Lisa Dixon Simmons, D-I-C-K-S-O-N, and you can friend me there. And um, I have some, I have a website with some songs on it, but um, mostly you can um, just find me on Facebook, and I'll post stuff there. All right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. You've been listening to the I Am Healing Strong podcast, a part of the Healing Strong organization. We hope you found encouragement in this episode, as well as the confidence to take control of your healing journey, knowing that God will guide you on this path. Healing Strong is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to connect, support, and educate individuals facing cancer and other diseases through strategies that help to rebuild the body, renew the soul, and refresh the spirit. It costs nothing to be a part of a local or online group. And you can do that by going to our website at healingstrong.org and finding a group near you or an online group or start your own, your choice. While you're there, take a look around at all the free resources. Though the resources and groups are free, we encourage you to join our membership program at $25 or $75 a month. This helps us to be able to reach more people with hope and encouragement. And that also comes with some extra perks as well. So check it out. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star rating, leave an encouraging comment, and help us spread the word. We'll see you next week with another story on the I Am Healing Strong podcast.